You've heard of BetaShares. You've probably seen the logo on our podcast. You might even be among their 1 million investors. So you can imagine that I'm delighted to say BetaShares is the official ETF partner of the Australian Finance Podcast. With nearly 100 exchange-traded funds, you can go to betashares.com.au and immerse yourself in ETFs and unique insights covering all of the sectors, themes, core and satellite positions you could want. Think cybersecurity through the Hack ETF, robotics and AI with the RBTZ ETF, and uranium with the URNM ETF. The list goes on. To explore the BetaShares ETF range, visit betashares.com.au, read the relevant PDS and TMD on the website, and consider if the fund is right for you. BetaShares Capital Limited is the issuer. Is there a Spotify wrapped for investing? If you want to invest in shares or ETFs, our friends at Perla are more than one step ahead of the curve. On average, people who use Perla invest $1,750 every month. That's what we want to see, proper dollar cost averaging. With automated investing tools making your life simple, Perla investors have well and truly mastered the art of investing small bits lots of times. So if you're ready to start growing your net worth in 2024, follow the link in your Spotify or Apple podcast player right now to discover how you can get started today. Welcome to the Australian Finance Podcast. I'm Kate Campbell. And I'm Owen Rusk. And we're here to give you the tools and knowledge to invest both your time and money better. If you're new, feel free to jump in with our Starter Pack series that aired in early 2022 or our Shares or ETF mini series. We've got plenty to share with you in today's episode, but if you want to catch us on socials, head to Rusk Australia on Insta and Twitter. I'm also found at Kate Campbell AUS on Insta. And I'm Owen Rusk AU on Insta. Just beware of the fake accounts. We'll never DM you about trading strategies or crypto. And if it sounds a bit weird, it's probably not us. And just one final heads up before we get into the show. This podcast contains general financial information only. Sophie from Your Own Good Company, welcome onto the Australian Finance Podcast today. Thank you very much for having me. It is great to have you. Very first appearance on the podcast. So I want to start with what is something you've purchased recently that's added value or boosted your happiness? It's not a product. It's probably more of a service. I have bought or I did buy a trip with my girlfriends. We went away um for a weekend to Queenstown, which is in New Zealand. We found really, really cheap flights, really cheap accommodation, like 50 bucks each for four nights. Wow. And it just brought me so much happiness because I feel like I haven't been able to do a lot of international travel. And so just like getting on a plane where you had to bring out your passport was really exciting. (laughs) (laughs) No, that would have been fun. And I'd be keen to hear before we jump into the rest of the episode, if you've got any tips on how to manage the cost of living crisis at the moment. I feel like at the moment that saying that, you know, you count your pennies and the pounds or look after themselves is kind of really relevant at the moment. At the beginning of the year, I did a bit of a deep dive into my expenses, which sounds like a lot of work, but really I just downloaded a couple of like monthly bank statements and kind of assessed where most of my money was going. Or alternatively, there's like amazing bank apps that do that for you now. And I, what I've been doing to kind of manage like cost of living is just cutting out things that are super unnecessary. So like, for example, one of my big things was I always go to the IGA at lunchtime and buy like a snack, like, I don't know, just something like cheese and crackers. Yeah. Cheese and crackers or like, you know, some fruit or some lollies or whatever else. But like, it's so much more expensive at the IGA. I should just include that in my weekly shop and bring it in or like 
a can of tuna. For some reason, the cans of tuna are so much more expensive at IGAs. Like just buy them at Aldi where they're a dollar compared to like $4. So one of my big tips would just be like do an assess of some of your finances and just try and cut out those little pennies that, you know, accumulate to pounds, I guess. Yeah, all those small weekly extra top-up shops do add up because I've got an IGA like five minutes walk from me. I don't have a car and then the Coles is about half an hour walk. And so if I have missed something, I just go to the IGA when it's nearly double the price to just get the basics. A hundred percent. Even like, because I go to Aldi now, I shop at Aldi. That's another tip. Like their mince meat and stuff is just so much cheaper. And maybe like, I'm, you know, I'm not a food connoisseur. People might be like, ew, that's so gross. But like, it's just so much cheaper. So just like swapping out, I guess, where you can to a cheaper product or just getting rid of expenses that you don't need. Are you a meal prepper? Yes, I have to meal prep <laughs> because like it's when it's when you're busy, like it's so hard to, I mean, I want to eat good food and I don't want to come home and it to be like 7 p.m. and then not eat to like 8.30. So like I'm someone that cuts up my veggies for dinners at the beginning on a Sunday night so that I can just chuck them in the oven and not have to, like, think about it. Such a meal prepper. No, there's big value in that, especially coming home late from work or if you're going to uni after work, in my case, and I get home and I'm – if I have not prepared, it's really just an egg on toast every time. Or you order takeout and then that's just – you know, that accumulates. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. And if people haven't listened to your wonderful podcast that's part of the Equity Mates empire but definitely stands on its own two feet, you're in good company, are you able to give us a little bit of background? ground to you and the podcast and that journey. So the podcast isn't just me. It's also with um, one of my really good friends, Maddie Guest. Uh, so we started this podcast called Your Own Good Company. It was, we were chatting before almost three years ago now, which is crazy. And the aim of the podcast really is to make investing accessible for everyone. Mads and I kind of, yeah, three years ago, were talking about how we felt like we didn't have anyone to speak to about, you know, money generally, but also investing. We had both started our investing journeys, but I didn't feel like I could go to the pub and like sit with my girlfriends and be like, oh my God, look at like Tesla, like what's happening to the stock price. They'd all look at me and be like, what? What are you talking about? Why? (laughs) Why do you care? And so I think there was just, we noticed that there was a bit of a gap in the market for friendly, fun, entertaining conversation, just documenting our journey. We're not experts by any means, but I think over the past three years, we've kind of grown with our journey and it's just documented like how we learn and we've brought on experts to teach us. And now we're at the point where, yeah, we're just having like fun conversations about companies we love, um, but also branched out into other content, like more general money content, entrepreneurship, Um, But, yeah, that's the basis of the podcast. Yeah, because you've got a really interesting series going on at the moment on the show. So a couple of months back we had an incredible guest on, Kathy Wood, who is one of the biggest investors, I don't know, in the world, one of our idols. (laughs) And she kind of really reinvigorated for Maddie and I, like, investing in single companies. I think with the backdrop of everything that's happening in the economy at the moment, I've been a little bit more reserved with my investing, sticking to the ETFs, you know, just being trying to be consistent, but also not wanting to branch out too much because I'm nervous. But after the conversation with Kathy, she kind of was talking about how it's so exciting. The future of investing is so exciting. So we thought, why not put together a series where we start jumping back into companies that people love and actually deep diving into why they would be good investments or bad investments. So looking at companies like L'Oreal, Uniqlo, Tesla, and it's been so much fun just like getting back into like the good old, like deep diving (laughs) into a company and working out whether it's a good investment or not. Yeah. There's a lot to be said about being curious when it comes to the world around you and investing is one way to 
apply that in a way that you can actually get a return from if you do find an interesting company. Have Has doing all this research for the podcast um, helped you make any investments in the last year? Yes. I mean, it's probably been the premise. I use the podcast to do my investing <laughs> research pretty much. Like we speak Stay to so many guests. Yeah, 100%. Like one of my probably most recent investments will actually maybe – yeah, maybe a year ago now was Tesla. And that really came from the podcast because we were speaking to so many people about the company. And it's, I think a part of research is obviously like, you know, going online, reading books, listening to podcasts, whatever else, but just like engaging in so many conversations, it kind of helped me build up an investment thesis for it. So yeah, definitely the podcast helps with like investing research. Were you investing way before the podcast? What was your journey into investing? So I started investing before the podcast, yes, maybe maybe a year before the podcast. And it was because of my partner. He was investing at the time in Afterpay and he was chatting with all his friends about investing in Afterpay. This is when it, it was, was like the Australian Tesla you, in a few years ago. Yeah, it's like the, <laughs> Austra- was talking about the Australian, it. I don't know, darling. And then now not so much darling, but anyway. <laughs> um, but he was saying like, oh, you should be investing. Like, you know, you went to uni and studied commerce and like, don't you know about finance and stuff? And I'm like, I went to uni and studied commerce, but I don't know anything about investing. Like, it's just so not correlated. And so he kind of helped me, you know, set up a brokerage app. And so, you know, I would never recommend just listen to your partner and invest (laughs) in what they do, but that's honestly what I did because I had no idea. And then the investment did really well and I was like, oh, my God, investing is so cool. You can <laughs> you make so much. boost of confidence. Yeah, so much money, which turned into investing in heaps of risky high-tech stocks, <laughs> which we always joke about, which I've made losses on for sure. <laughs> um, but that's kind of where the journey started. And then I guess, as we say to people all the time, once you have money in the market yourself, it makes you engage with investing a lot more and then your journey kind of just unfolds with time. So I went the opposite route of what we say to a lot of people but investing in high high tech risky stocks and now I've moved more into like building out my core ETF portfolio. Um, But yeah, over the past maybe four years now, it's just developed with everything that we've been learning. Yeah, I think it's really important to share that because a lot of listeners think they should have everything perfect and sorted before they take that first step. But I had a very similar journey at the start. I just sort of jumped in. I was buying companies that were building jetpacks. I looked that company (laughs) up this morning and it went into liquidation a few years ago. Mm -hmm. But I was just jumping in and out of things. But that was part of my learning journey. And I kept those mistakes really small because I was only playing with a a small amount of money because I didn't have a lot of money when I got started. And I guess the risk is you do what we did, but with a huge amount of money. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I always find this funny because we have a lot of people ask us like, you know, do you have recommendations for financial advisors, et cetera? Um, In our Facebook group, we now have a thread of them. And I'm always like, if I had so much money, I would probably give it to a financial advisor because I would just be so worried about like doing it myself with such big sums of money. But I guess my journey thus far has been putting in, you know, $1,000 a month or $500 a month. It's just little bits that grow over time so I feel safe with them. And when I was starting at the very beginning, I was putting in like 100 bucks a month, you know, almost nothing. So I feel if you are investing, you only put in what you are willing to lose. And so although, I mean, <laughs> those a lot of those stocks are just like zero now. <laughs> so I've lost it, but, you know, you only lose it if you sell it. So hopefully they come back. <laughs> You're still hanging on. <laughs> well, there's not much you can do when it's sitting at zero. You could sell it for zero dollars. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
but I guess your story also highlights something else that someone else helped you take that first step. And that's a really important part of community and what we can do once we've sort of put our own oxygen mask on, we've sorted out our own core portfolio, we've got our emergency fund. We can actually, without giving advice, but we can prompt our friends and family to take that first step as well. Yeah. And that was the whole premise of the podcast, really. We felt like, so I had my partner when I started, Maddie had her brother. They started investing together just before COVID. And that was the premise we said it was really useful that we had someone by our side to ask those questions because people think the questions are so dumb that they don't want to ask them, you know, just as simple as like, oh, where do I invest? We get that all the time. And then, you know, you talk about brokerage apps, but for so many people that's so unfamiliar, but Mm. being able to ask that's really helpful. And that's why, yeah, I guess we started the podcast. Yeah, and especially if you didn't grow up in a household where it was common language that you you purchased assets. Um, I was... I'm thankful that I, I grew up with parents that did talk about buying assets instead of just buying material items, mm. even if they didn't really say what or how. I had to figure that out for myself. But I, I think just bringing people along with you is really important. I'm glad you're doing that with the podcast. What about any challenges you face? Sort of, you had that person to help you take that first step, but what do you think? Um, were, were there any roadblocks along the way that you faced? I think obviously roadblocks, like when you lose money, it's really daunting because I was also investing a lot during that period, which was COVID where, you know, a lot of stocks were going up. So then when you do see it go down, you have to readjust how you think about risk and how you think about your money because when all is going well, you're happy just to like chuck it all in. I think that was a really good time to stop and reflect and be Mm. like, okay, what am I investing in? And I need to like cement my strategy for the long term. So I wouldn't call it a block. I would call it maybe just a bit of a reassessment um, of my risk tolerance because you think your risk tolerance is quite high and then the minute your money goes down, it lowers a little bit. Do you remember what you were thinking at the time when you saw those high risk specky investments that you made fall in value for the first time? I I, I think I was just like, yeah, it serves me right. Like I didn't do the research into these. Yeah. I was, it was honestly at the very beginning of my journey. I was just listening to friends. I was so excited by it. You know, as I said, I saw Afterpay, Afterpay go up so much. I was yeah. like, this is so cool. And so I just listened to anyone and everyone. And I think seeing it go down was like, yeah, reality check. Like listen to your own advice that you're putting in the podcast. You know, you need to research your own investments. You need to know where you're putting your money. Like it sounds daunting, but it's not. It's engaging. Like engage with companies that you know and love. Don't invest in, as you said, jetpacks because I don't know anything about the jetpack industry. Why am I going to stay engaged with that? So it was just a bit of a reality check, which I think for the long term, because I've still got age on my side, albeit you can invest at any age, that I just reassessed and, and made a strategy that works for me. Yeah. So you'd spend a lot more time now researching any individual company before you purchase shares in it. Yes, and I won't touch industries that I know nothing about because what's the point? I'm not going to start looking up news about, I mean, I don't know what comes to mind, like mining or something. You know, I'm not engaged with that, so why would I invest in it? Yeah. What about investing in your career as someone who's relatively young? How do you think about that, the time and money you might be putting into that area of your life? Yeah, so I guess investing in my career, 
on the so the podcast is one part of my career then the other part is um I work in M&A advisory and I think one of the best things about the podcast thus far but you can also do it outside of having a side hustle is networking Mm -hmm. I love going to events and you know if you're engaged in the kind of investing world or startup space there's so many cool brands like Startmate and you know Airtree they run all these young people pioneer events and just going and meeting people and listening to their stories um, there was a night I went to in Melbourne uh, for a VC firm and I was just like I just went and listened to founders and had chats to them about their founder story and I think it's a great way to invest in your career because you never know where that conversation is going to take you or when you might need advice from someone that's outside your current group. So networking, a lot of people always ask where you start with networking. So I would just say finding resources that are in your local area, um, like, as I said, the Startmate or the Airtree or, you know, whatever you're interested in and just trying to see if they have events and going to them and taking yourself out of the comfort zone. Yeah. Yeah. Even just in meetup groups and things like that. There's Mm -hmm. a lot of like those news, the, the websites you mentioned, if you subscribe to their newsletter, then you hear about programs they're running and whatever industry you're working in and wherever you want to learn about, there's probably something there for you. Yeah. And even if you're at your work, asking people at work who are in the industry or in asking them if they know any contacts or events that are being run more broadly, because usually people that are higher up will have a bit of a better intel of like where you can source new information. Yeah, and there's a lot of value to talking to people in your workplace. Most people want to share their tips and tricks and their strategies, whether they're any good or not, it's another question. But if you ask them and you're curious, most people want to help. Yeah, 100%. You can identify those people so quickly. (laughs) Usually the louder ones around the office. (laughs) Yeah, and I've found personally going in with curiosity and just say, I want to learn from you. Here's I've got some questions because people like to know why you want to meet them. They don't want to just like coffee because they think you're asking for a job or something like that. But if you go in prepared and you've got a good elevator pitch, most people are willing to give you the time. That's so true. I feel like like LinkedIn, everyone's like, oh, just network on LinkedIn. And when I heard that first, I'm like, what do you mean? Do I just ping random people? <laughs> like I feel really bad for like getting in their space. But LinkedIn's actually a funny place. I feel like everyone's very willing. And like mm-hmm. I even had a, a girl message me the other day just about she's wanting to get into, you know, the finance industry in Melbourne. And so she sent me a message and I said, can we just jump on a call? Because that, I mean, I hate texting and typing. It's yeah. just annoying. But I was like, I don't like, I don't know you. So we don't have to get a coffee necessarily, but we can just jump on a call. And that's so fun. And I'm happy to chat through things like that. So, I mean, never feel afraid to reach out if you get rejected, then whatever, move on. Yeah, absolutely. And what about having money conversations? Because that's something I've been thinking a lot lot more about recently. Has there been any strategies that have worked for you when engaging with friends and family about money? Yeah, so interesting you ask because Maddie and I have actually moved into this space a little bit. We have noticed maybe over the past six months that people are asking us more and more to have general money chats because I guess the economic overlay of, you know, people trying to cut their costs and whatever else and having these difficult money conversations so we're actually going to be having we're going to be doing a series asking uh, all about taboo money topics, uh, yep. and we piloted this um, at an event. How long ago? A couple of months ago now. Um, we went to the Vogue Code Summit, which was all for women in STEM, and we built these little chatter boxes to ask like funny money questions, and people were so willing to have those conversations. I think it's an area that I think money is an area that people still find really taboo, but you almost like want to be asked the awkward question because you like everyone wants to talk about it even though it's a taboo thing I think if you're struggling to have those money conversations 
and so many people do because, yeah, as said, it is taboo. I think the best way to approach it is asking like their opinion first, almost like going into like a really casual conversation. Like not, you don't necessarily have to schedule like a money conversation, but. <laughs> not not sure that might be the best approach. <laughs> yeah. Well, to be honest, when I moved in with my partner, I'm like, we are doing money conversation from 9am to 10am because we're working out our finances. <laughs> but I mean, I'm a very headstrong person and I work in the industry. So he's like, okay. <laughs> but yeah, just like, you know, if you want to have chats with girlfriends about money, you know, having it over a glass of wine and being like, oh, what are your thoughts about like wedding presents? Like how much mm. are you contributing? Like what's normal? Like bring it in a casual way can be quite helpful, similar with family as well. What were some of the taboo questions you were asking in your chatterbox? So one of them was like, um, why do we take the price tags off gifts before we give them to people? Oh. Yeah. So like really trying to think of like why is this money mentality of like it's taboo to have a gift like shouldn't a gift be necessary like shouldn't a gift be about giving rather than the price tag or how much could you spend if you were with a partner on a joint account without them without them saying something being like well that's too much or would you show your friend your bank account like right now if they asked you, like, why or why not? Just trying to delve into, you know, why people feel maybe shame around money or why they feel so excited about money either way. I think it just kind of, like, starts the thinking around maybe where your money ideals have come from and then also understanding that other people have different values and opinions as well. So if you want to broach a conversation, it kind of gives you the tools to do so. So the series is really going to be about how we – can if you want to have these money conversations how you can approach them so we're going to be asking them on the series and then kind of talking through our own experiences of getting guests on as well but then also getting an understanding of like what's the best way to broach the conversation that'll be fascinating because though none of those questions probably have a very clear answer and everyone would see it quite differently and it would really depend on their own experiences and the situation and who they're in a couple with the funniest answer that we kept getting at this vogue code summit about the price tag one was well, if it's an expensive gift, I leave the price tag on. And if it's not expensive or it's on sale, I take the price tag oh, off. Really? And I was like, that's just so good. Like, yeah, I think the the conversation starters really opened my eyes to how differently people think about money. So I guess that's the point of having, yeah, those conversations. Yeah, I'm looking forward to listening to that because there are so many of those conversations we just don't have. But I think everyone wants to know what everyone else thinks on those topics. Yeah, yeah. Mm. And what about the the founder series you've been running recently? Were there any takeaways or things that really stuck with you from speaking to these awesome business owners? The founder series was the most amazing series because we spoke with um, so many incredible Australian entrepreneurs about their journeys and they had amazing insights. I think a couple of things that stuck with me were, I mean, if you are wanting to start a business, one of the ones that Kate Morris, who is the founder of Adore Beauty and now Glow Capital, she said that the idea that is the right idea for you to start a business is the one that lodges itself in your soul. And I really loved that because I think a lot of people that are interested in startups or entrepreneurship are like, I just need to start a business and it needs to be the right time and let me just start. I want to be a founder. But she was really pointing to the fact that you need to be so passionate about what you do because it does take over your life for a lot of it. I mean, you know, once you get to a certain point, you've got a good management team in place, you can take a step back. But um, the Adore Beauty story, they started over 20 years ago. So it wasn't an overnight success. 
And then the other one was Laura Henshaw, who's the founder of Kick. And what I really loved about chatting with her was we were talking about um, that they were going to investors to um, raise capital, raise money for their business. And we were talking about, you know, did you find that experience daunting if you didn't have a finance background? And a lot of what she was saying was that she felt like she really needed to be accountable for learning the stuff that was in mm. their presentations. She's like, you can hire an amazing CFO and that's great, but at the end of the day, they're your numbers. And I loved that because it just, I love that accountability of like, you know, people might say that you're not financially literate or you don't have the right background, but really there's so many resources that you can learn from today in any medium. You know, if you love books, read books. If you love podcasts, listen to podcasts, videos, etc. And I just love that because it's like gets rid of that victim mentality of like, oh, I never like grew up knowing about, you know, like or learning about this kind of stuff. I just, I thought that was a really cool aspect of like take accountability of your own business and what you're doing behind the scenes. Yeah, there's a huge amount of changes that anyone can make, whether they're big or small with their own finances. And even if you outsource some of it to an accountant or a financial advisor, which we're all fully in support of finding a good one and using them, you still need to have some control and oversight because at the end of the day, it is your money. Exactly. Exactly. So yeah, love those perspectives. But I mean, all of the chats were just so great. I loved um, Lucy Henry Hicks, who's the founder of Dish, the clothing brand. She's brought aspects of her mum journey into um, the business, hosting a or being a part of a program called Encoreship, which um, helps women get back into the workplace after taking time out of the workforce. And I just love speaking to them because they're all so passionate, but they also all bring different elements of, I guess, their personalities into what they're, what you can see that their businesses are today. So, yeah, if you if you want to go have a listen, they're all incredible stories. Did you see any commonalities between all of these founders? Yeah, probably a lot of passion, very well educated and un- like they're just, yeah, I don't know how to explain it, but you get into a room with someone who started a business yeah. and they're just so energetic and they're so passionate about what they're talking about. And I love that energy that came from, you know, incredible female entrepreneurs in Australia. Mm. Has that inspired you or made you think more about starting your own business one day? Yeah, I mean, I would love to, um, but I think it's like that passion piece, right? Right now in my career, I love what I do. And so I'm not in any rush. I think like definitely inspired to do something one day. But I think with a lot of conversations that I have with mentors, it's like, you know, a business doesn't need to be started right now. Like when you've got the feeling that you need to do it, then you can do it. And I mean, the podcast is a little baby on its own, which takes up (laughs) more than enough time. So growing this has been an absolute delight. You know, the networking that it brings, the conversations we get to have, um, yeah, building this up has been amazing as well. Mm. And that's probably one of the great things about your 20s. You can experiment and try lots of different things. You don't need to just have it all figured out. Yes. Yeah. And also, I mean, the f- one commonality between all the founders was like, you won't have a life for 10 years if you want it to be a good business. You're like, yeah, cool. Yeah. So, what are you prepared to sacrifice? Kind exactly. Of exactly. What about your favorite money and investing resources? Because I'm sure you come a lot come across a lot within your community and all the research you do for the podcast. Yeah. So, I mean, I've mentioned a couple of times that, um, you know, there's so many different resources out there. And I think if you do want to be investing, it's good to find a medium that you love because it means you'll actually do the research. 
I personally am a podcast person. Like Maddie, for example, also is a podcast person, but she loves books as well. Like I'm not so much on the book side, (laughs) but finding that medium, I think for me, podcasts like stories of companies, so something like Business War, Business Wars um, by Wandry or How I Built This by Guy Raz. They kind of talk with founders. Well, Business Wars talks about the background of businesses, whereas How I Built This talks to founders and about how they started businesses. I mean, it gives you a great overview of companies if you're looking to invest in them. But then also just being up to date with like broader economic trends because I think that really helps in understanding where your investments are going and like the landscapes or industries you could be investing in. So I listen to the FT news briefing every morning um, and a very specific investing one is invest like the best with Patrick. Yeah, That's a really good one. O'Shaughnessy. So very, very broad, but also like if you love watching Netflix, like you can go on Netflix and watch. There's so many shows now about companies and scandals and whatever else. So I think finding your medium is a really important thing. Mm. I'm definitely drawn to the the frauds and the scams yeah. podcasts, documentaries, books. I don't know what it is, but it's just fascinating how they all play out. And video is so good because they like edit it. It's like so many snips and you're like, oh, I'm taking on a journey. Yeah. yeah. I'd like to think it hopefully doesn't it helps me avoid falling prey to scams and frauds in the future, but uh, very smart people fall prey to these things all the time, so I'm not so sure. <laughs> yeah, 100%. Absolutely. And before we wrap up today, I'd love to know the number one thing you'd love to leave listeners with from this conversation or just from your own journey. God, that's hard. <laughs> like one thing. <laughs> it can be two if you want. Well, that's even harder. <laughs> um. Oh God, I actually could say multiple things, but I guess if if you are investing, I think one of the best things, or just, I don't know, with any general thing, and I say this to a lot of people that are starting also careers, is just to, I mean, even though I'm also at the beginning of my career, I sound like this <laughs> old person that's like, yeah, but um, just like read and like investigate broad and wide. I think education is like so important. We spoke about investing in career before, also investing in yourself. I think if you're passionate about something, educate yourself on it. You know, there's courses for everything these days. But yeah, read broad and wide and just like get a sense of the world. I think it really helps with career, your investing, um, you know, multiple facets. And this is something that um, someone important said to me once, but if you read up or, you know, podcast up on a topic that you don't really know about but want to learn about, you never know if that's going to be able to be dropped in a conversation with someone important down the line and they'll be like, oh, that's really interesting that you know about, which leads to a conversation, which leads to an opportunity down the track. So I think being in a little bubble sometimes can feel safe, but educating yourself on things that you might not know a lot about brings a lot of value down the line. It might not happen right now, but I think that it's important um, just generally with investing in career. Yeah, push yourself. Sometimes it might be a bit hard to get your head around it, but take in lots of resources and expand your the way you can see a particular industry or world. Yeah, like a really good example at the moment is like AI because obviously like AI is everywhere and it's very, a lot of it's very confusing because I swear, you know, if you go into like the little details of it all, very confusing. But just like understanding the general environment, you know, finding podcasts or reading books about it, I think it will help because it's going to really alter, you know, what our careers might look like in the future, what our whole lives might look like. Mm. So um, sometimes it seems scary and I have chats with people and they're like, oh, I don't want to know about it. Like it's just too much. But I think being aware of these things and being in the know can actually help you shape your career or your investing journey. 
Wonderful. Well, everyone can find you on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, all the other podcast players. You're in good company. Is there any other places you'd like listeners to check out? We have our Instagram and TikTok. The TikTok is failing, <laughs> but we are trying. TikTok's, TikTok's a whole other world. I... It's, a, it's a great medium. I love it myself, but God, making them is difficult. <laughs> but um, we are YIGC Podcast on both of those. And we also have our Facebook group, YIGC Investing Podcast Discussion Group, where people ask questions questions and it can be a safe space for you. So please feel free to join that one as well. Amazing. Well, so thank you so much for joining me in the studio in Melbourne today. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Australian Finance Podcast. We hope you learned something new and were able to take one thing away from this episode. If you're keen to learn more, head on over to Rask Education and take one of our free money and investing courses. You could even become a Rask Core member for less than your Netflix subscription each month. And don't forget to subscribe for new episodes in your inbox every week. Plus, if you enjoyed the show, we'd love you to leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and send any questions our way via the link in the description. And before we go on, did this podcast contain personal financial advice just for me? Absolutely not, Kate. Our podcast actually contains general financial information only. What that means is the information does not take into account your financial needs, goals, objectives, or even your situation. So because of that, it's important that you consider if the information is appropriate to you and your needs before acting on it. If that all sounds a bit confusing or you're still working out what your needs are, it's a great idea to consult a licensed and trusted financial planner. And don't forget to do your own research. Are you thinking about starting your wealth creating journey, but not sure where to put your hard earned dollars? InvestSmart can help. InvestSmart offers a free quiz that makes it easy to find the right InvestSmart ETF portfolio to help you reach your goals. Just visit investsmart.com.au and hit get started. Answer a few simple questions about your goals and how much you want to invest and you'll get a tailored statement of advice with a portfolio recommendation. You can visit investsmart.com.au for a no obligations free statement of advice. This ad is brought to you by InvestSmart Advice, AFSL 334107. For more than a decade, I've been hunting for the best investors and their methods, strategies, and tools for investing. After years in the industry, countless books, a few degrees, and 1,000 podcasts and live shows, I've rolled this accumulated knowledge into something called Rask Invest. If you've ever heard me talk about a core and a satellite, active and passive, true long-term compounding, or you simply want to know exactly how I would invest, now is your chance. Rask Invest is our new investment service, designed for all types of investors who want professional management of their core portfolio at a low cost from a team they trust. Rask Invest helps you automate your wealth creation and passive income. Simply click the link that says invest with Owen in your podcast player to join one of our live platform walkthroughs or book a call with us. You can also view the Rask Invest PDS and TMD and get invested with me.